All right, folks. Here we go. Another another week has come and gone. The championship game lived up to its expectations, at least half of our expectations, and Super Bowl Fifty Five is officially set. As Kansas City will once again re- are in it to repeat, looking to be the first team to repeat since the guy they are going to face, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who ironically hosts the Super Bowl this year. So for the first time ever, an actual home team will be in the Super Bowl. So how cool is that? I mean, we, we thought about for the last couple of weeks that that possibility was there, and it showed up. And now history is there. But obviously we got to look back on what happened over the last over this past weekend. And obviously we have a big episode for you all tonight. Because we're going to be looking at the coaches. You know, where do they sit? So, like I said, looking back at the games, anything surprise you? Anything stun you? Or what did you expect? What you expected? Yeah, nothing surprised me, man. I mean, I obviously picked the Bucks to win. So, obviously, I expected them to win. They did. Um, I picked the Bills on the other side. But, obviously, the Chiefs winning. That's not a surprise either. So, I mean, nothing really, really surprising. But um, obviously, Tom Brady's going to take care of the ball better in the Super Bowl than he did this last week. Yeah, like I said, when I look at both of these games, I mean, obviously, you know, with Tom Brady, you know, you know, he showed his age a little bit. He threw three interceptions, which surprised me. But like I said, most of the game he was on point and kick and, and rolling. And obviously, you know, like I said, it was a great it was a great result. And we'll start with the first game here because I have to mention here about this about our, our one of our topics here tonight. Obviously when you look at Green Bay, it's a it's a great season coming to an end. And unfortunately, once again, and it's becoming a trend here, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers comes up short again when it comes to getting to the big game. You know, this time, for the first time, his team hosted a conference title game. And, unfortunately, they did not show, they didn't do what they had to do. Tampa Bay was in control for most of the game. And, unfortunately, some questionable calls at the end. But, when you think about it, it really doesn't matter. It's, once again, Aaron Rodgers is denied a super a chance to put more rings to his repertoire. But unfortunately, when I have to ask you this hard question, is Aaron Rodgers really overrated? I mean, I'm sorry. I have to say that because I know he's one of the best. Maybe when his career is over, he's a top 10 all-time quarterback, and he's already statistically in the top 10 in many, in the top five in many categories. But the problem is when you're going against someone like Tom Brady, championships, that's what matters. It's not about how many? It's not about how how great your numbers look. It's how many rings you got. And Brady has a chance to go for his seventh, while you have as many Super Bowl championships as the Eagles have in the last ten years. Just one. So, to me, I think he is overrated. I'm sorry. What's your opinion on on Aaron Rodgers now? Yeah, I mean he's not overrated. I mean he he won the, he, he won the Super Bowl. You know he's played at a high level. His whole career, you know, 
very few quarterbacks win multiple Super Bowls. I mean, Drew Brees only won one. Is he overrated, too? You know, it's like, it's just how it is, man. It's hard to win multiple ones unless you're the greatest of all time, like Tom Brady. But other than that, it's difficult. And the Chiefs are taking advantage of something that's sort of like uh, over the last decade. It's sort of the, um, uh, sort of, you could call it the cheat code of the NFL, which is if you can get an elite quarterback on his rookie deal, you have a window of about five years to um, really be able to compete and use that money that you're saving on the quarterback's rookie on the quarterback's contract to um, to fill out the rest of the roster. And Chiefs are taking advantage of it right now. Um, that's going to change in the near future. Obviously, he signed a, a massive deal, but. Um, I mean, just look around the league and look at the last 10 years or so. That's, that's the new trend is um, winning your Super Bowls before that quarterback hits his second contract because, obviously, if the guy is a great quarterback, he's going to be taking up a massive um, massive uh, uh, salary cap space on your team. So, you know, you take advantage while you can. The Eagles did it. The Bills are trying to do it. The Ravens are trying to do it. Um, even, even, even the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. He was, you know, he was still a young quarterback back then on his first deal. Um, uh, Russell Wilson's only won one, and guess what? He was on his rookie deal. So, you know, that's just that's just the way it is right now, man. If you can if you can uh, win that Super Bowl early in that quarterback's career, at least you can get one out of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand that trend. I mean, it's been going on, and it even happened with Tom Brady as well in early in his career. But it's just, I mean, I understand Tom Brady is a special, is one of the most special people in all sports. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable that he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl when there's several Hall of Famers that didn't even last that long in their careers. They didn't have 10 seasons in their career, let alone... 10 chances at, at winning, a, winning a Labari trophy like Brady's going to get here. And, I mean, obviously, if you look at if you look at um, at the Rocket and, and seeing what he has done so far, you know, he's been living a charmed life. You know, he's living a charmed life. And, you know, as a starter, he's been no worse than an AFC Championship game appearance. He's playing in his second Super Bowl. He's already a league MVP. He's already a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, obviously... You know, we're looking at the next dynasty here with with what's going on in Kansas City here. I mean, obviously you say that once the quarterback gets his money, that changes the outlook of the team and, and it's hard to spend money elsewhere. And that's been obviously the case over the last several years with several teams. But when you look at but when you look at what's going on, it's obvious that what they're doing in Kansas City is well and you know, and Aaron, and and obviously Patrick Mahomes is doing what he's got to do, and he's been playing his ass off, and he's been the most impressive quarterback in this league since he came in, since he became the starter. And obviously now, if you look at it, if you look at the situation, you know it's going to be tough to deal with him for many years. And and I'll give the Buffalo Bills credit. And I said this on Sunday; they look like a year away. I mean, they are a team on the come up with Josh Allen. And maybe they'll get one more year before they have to pay him. But obviously, 
to me, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be tough to deal with, and the Chiefs are going to be very tough to deal with for the next several years. And like I said, if you're the Ravens, if you're the Bills, if you're any team that got a young quarterback with a with a bright future, you got to deal with with the Rocket and and Big Red. And speaking of Big Red, I mean, another thing that was on my mind after after Sunday's games was the fact that if you look at what the Eagles have been since Andy Reid has left, has been nothing but inconsistent compared to what Andy Reid has done in Kansas City, very consistent. Now, obviously, up to 2017, you know, we may have a differing opinion about Andy Reid's run with the, with the organization and situation, but... The last couple of years with with uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's, he struck gold, and he's become probably the best coach in the NFL. And I've, he's always been a top-five coach, but now he's even surpassed Belichick in the last couple of years at, as of today. So, obviously, when you look at the Eagles situation, they're about to enter their third different regime since he left. So, even though I know, you're, I know where you're going to go with this, do you really think down in Novacare with Howie Roseman and, and obviously with Jeffrey Lurie, do you think the Eagles regret letting Andy Reid go now when you look at it? No, they got a Super Bowl, man. Um, and Reid, let's face it, man, he just happened to get lucky and got Mahomes. If, if they had drafted, um, um, I don't know, if they, hadn't got, if they hadn't gotten a quarter of it, if they hadn't been able to trade up, and get Mahomes, we already know where they'd be. They'd be a, a playoff team that, just like they were in previous years with, with Alex Smith, a playoff team that loses early, you know? So it's just he got lucky and got Mahomes. You know, the Eagles went for it with trading up for Wentz, and it worked out for a couple of years, and Wentz just isn't what we were hoping he'd be. But at the same time, if he, uh, if Wentz had actually developed into what we thought he could be, which was like an Aaron Rodgers level quarterback, then it's more than likely uh, Peterson would still be here, and the Eagles would be Super Bowl contenders over the last couple. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I understand that to a degree. Yeah, he got lucky with Patrick Mahomes. He took a risk, actually, ironically, in the draft here in Philly when Mahomes got drafted. And obviously, it's worked out so well. And now, a dynasty is on the on the horizon if they win next Sunday. But if you look at what's going on with the Eagles, I mean, they're looking for that Andy Reid consistency. They had Chip Kelly here for three years. That was, it started off well, but unfortunately, his ego got in, in the way. He, he didn't know, he, he was very inexperienced of, of how the pros work compared to college, how you deal with talent, and it unfortunately fell apart. It fell flat on his face when he redid the roster with a bunch of guys that weren't as talented as the ones he already inherited. And then you look at Dougie P, and obviously that resulted in a Super Bowl, and it was a decent run for a while, but unfortunately... The, the once Pearson era wasn't like the McDab Reed era was in the 2000s. It was nothing like it, you know. And last year and this past season was was a microcosm of what of what it was never was. Even though we did win a championship, and that came out of nowhere, you know. Pearson obviously had a great 
Pearson obviously coached well, and obviously Wentz played well. But it's amazing how things have changed in the last three. Things have changed in the last three years since that Super Bowl win, and and you gotta be consistent. And unfortunately, being consistent is hard to do. It's hard to do in this league, you know. But unfortunately, if you look at if you look at it, I mean, we're about to enter a third regime. We've talked about this many time, many a time. But it just, just seems like, you know, whatever. Whatever the case may be, we'll see what happens in the future. But, I mean, hopefully, like I said, I'm, I'm actually impressed with what the Eagles have done or that, that the new coach have done bringing in the guys in here. I mean, they look like look like football guys that could be very good coaches. He, he hired uh, somebody from college to be the quarterback's coach with ties to Jalen Hurts. So, we'll see what happens. But... Like I said, it will be interesting to, to look at. And like I said, we'll see. But but obviously this episode will be more about what we haven't talked about here in the last couple of weeks is the head coaching. Normally we, we talk about head coaches and we discuss about head coaches and new coaches. So we're going to start with Jacksonville, who obviously tanked technically tanked this year. To get the first overall pick, which they did, they got they got the first overall pick, and now they got a head coach that has a well. Let's just say he's going to be interesting. First time at the t- at, at the pro level, obviously he has a great college pedigree, but he has questionable character. And even though the last couple of years he's been doing college football pregame on Fox before the college football games on Saturday mornings. Obviously, now he is a head coach in the National Football League for the first time. Urban Meyer. So go ahead with your thoughts on him. Yeah, uh, that's not a good hire, man. I mean, give me a break, Urban Meyer. This is a guy that he reminds he he almost reminds me of the new of like another version of Steve Spurrier, you know. I mean, he's this college coach that was highly, highly successful in college. But, I mean, he only lasts a few years with his teams, and then he, he ends up retiring, supposedly retiring, to, um, uh, you know, because he, he, does, he doesn't want to put the hours in anymore, you know. And just like Spurrier, when he went to the NFL, he thought he was going to be golfing all the time. You know, these NFL coaches, they're putting in 15-plus-hour days all year long. And... Uh, if Urban Meyer is gonna isn't gonna put in the time, he's not gonna be successful. I, I don't think he's gonna be successful anyway. But um, you know, his only hope really is to uh, is, is if Trevor Lawrence comes in and is you know the next Peyton Manning or something. But even then, you you got to put the time in. And I just don't think this guy's committed long term to to really. Um, really be here and be a great coach yeah like I said I mean this is not new because Urban Meyer looked for a job and and I remember last year on this program we talked about Urban Meyer as a rumor to get a job but now it's official and like I said I mean this is going to be interesting because he is going to be the most intriguing he is the most intriguing hire of the seven and sadly Houston still doesn't have a head coach and we'll get to them when they get one hopefully before the end of this season but 
obviously in the case of Urban Meyer, I mean, he has a great pedigree, but he obviously has a short fuse. And the talent, and, and, and like I said, I mean, Steve Spurrier and Jimmy Johnson are two were two successful college coaches that had two very different roads in this league. If he can be like Jimmy Johnson, then Jacksonville should win a Super Bowl. But if he's going to be like C. Spurrier, it's not going to work out. He'll be out of this league within the next, within three years. And now you're expecting to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the, is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And obviously, that's a big deal. If he stays healthy and if he is what we think he is, then obviously Jacksonville could be a great organization or a great team moving forward. But it's hard to look at Jacksonville and them being a successful organization because they really haven't been. And Urban Meyer, you know, you say he doesn't put in all the hours. He struggles with with the fact that it's it's different. And, yes, college is different, and it, it is different because you're recruiting players. Here, you are evaluating talent from college. He should have an advantage because he knows a lot of college talent. What's he going to do? He's going to look at Ohio State players only? Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what how, how Urban Meyer does things because this is not this is not college, and he better know know that he's got he's got an uphill climb to be an elite coach. He has the potential, but that's it because if he does because if it's only potential, he won't be around very long. So we'll see what happens with him. So our next coach we will look at. We're going to go to the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, he, he he came and bypassed an Eagles interview, but obviously he comes from, I think, Tennessee at one. I think he came from Tennessee, but obviously, unlike Urban Meyer, he does have NFL coaching experience, but obviously he's a first-year, he'll be a first-time head coach, Arthur Smith. Yeah, well, he's a guy that um, I wasn't, uh, uh, too high on at, at the beginning of the whole um, coaching search process, but, and but you know the more I heard about him and the more I looked into him, I re- I started to like him more and more. You know, everybody around the league talks about him really highly. Like he's a really intelligent guy. Um, he helped turn turn around um, Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, he had Derrick Henry, so you know that makes play calling a lot easier when you have a dominant running back like that, but he helped turn around Ryan Tannehill. You look what he's done with guys like um, A.J. Brown, you know, taking a highly talented but raw receiver and turning him into a, a really productive guy early in his career. Um, the guy seems like he's really smart, and he knows how to um, how to run an offense. As a head coach, um, we'll find out, but he definitely looks to me, it seems to me like he's going to be a good head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he did a good job with this, with, with you know, running the offense down there in Tennessee under Mike Vrabel. Obviously, they had a great year in 2019. They had, you know, obviously Derrick Henry became, is become the leading rusher under his, under his calls. And like I said, it's worked out well. But Atlanta's going through a, tr- a tough transition. We don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be a he- is going to be the, still the starter here, because obviously, like I said, we're going to talk about this a lot here here in these last few shows. But next year, we're going to have half this 
NFL half of the NFL quarterbacks will be different when we get to week one in September. And Atlanta is one of those teams that might be on the move moving moving on from Matt Ryan and potentially Julio Jones. So he's going to be dealing with a whole different a whole different array of talent than what's been going on here in Atlanta for the last decade. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Obviously, being a an offensive guy that helps that helps you more than a defensive guy. But still, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because Atlanta's a in a tough division. Obviously, Carolina's on the upswing. Tampa Bay's going to have Brady for one more year, and the Saints should still be a playoff contender without Breeze. But we'll see. So they're in a tough division, but they can. But if Matt Ryan stays. Obviously, that's good because you still have a franchise quarterback that can put up numbers, but the defense has to play better, and that's one thing we'll discuss a little later on in another show. But obviously, I think you know, I think it's a good hire, and we'll see what happens with them. With the New York Jets, obviously, it's a mess right now. I mean, they've been a, a franchise that's that's been pretty poor over the last. Over the last several years, they now, with Tampa Bay and, and the Browns in, in the postseason this year, they now have the longest postseason drought in the in the NFL now at 10 years. And obviously, they bring in a, a defensive coach. And obviously, you know, it's not the first time. They've had several defensive coaches over the last couple of years. When you look at Rex Ryan and, and Todd Bowles. But Robert Salah has done a great job with the San Francisco 49er defense over the last several years, coached him to a Super Bowl in 2019. And obviously, now he's got an opportunity to be a, a, a head coach here in a division that luckily is not going to be controlled by Brady and Belichick anymore. So, what's your thoughts on Robert Salah in New York? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think this is the the best hire of any team in the offseason. Um like you said, he's been a he's been a top notch defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's a guy that um, he's, he's he's an inspirational guy. When you talk to the way you, when you talk when you ask like around the league, ask ask his former players, um, he's a guy that's going to have you ready to play every week, and he's he's a no nonsense type of guy. So um, yeah, I think he's going to be he's going to be a really good head coach if he can turn the Jets around. Then he's gonna be uh, considered one of the best in the in the game. And when you look at what the Jets' situation is, they are in a position to either draft or trade for a quarterback. We'll see how that turns out. But they have tons of cap space, and I think um, I, yeah, I think he's gonna be a really good head coach. From there, a lot of some of it, at least some of it's gonna depend on his offensive coordinator. Who he, he they brought in um, Mike Lafleur, Matt's brother, I guess. So we'll see if he's got any, um, if he's got the ability to be the man. Because you know, I, he, Robert Sala is the type of guy that he's a defensive-minded head coach. So you're going to want a really good offensive coordinator in there on the offensive side of the ball because he really should be sort of hands off on that side. Yeah. Like I said, he, he seems like a guy that, you know, he, he could be like Rex Ryan in his first couple years and have the Jets in a great position. But the problem is, 
Rex Ryan took a took over a play a, a basically a playoff team and took them right on the doorstep of the Super Bowl with a with a, a below average quarterback in Mark Sanchez. Here, the Jets are an organization that has struggled and they did not have a good year last year. They were the second to worst team in football, and right now. There, there's a lot of questions and a lot of people who are, whose jobs are, are at stake here, especially at the quarterback position, because you're looking at you're looking at uh do they keep Sam Darnold as the franchise guy or do they trade for or do they draft Justin Fields at number at number two, and obviously there's a lot of question marks there because obviously they they wanted to they they had a chance to get Trevor Lawrence. And they may still get him if, if Jacksonville doesn't go, draft him mirac- miraculously, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. So if they're if they're high on if they want to keep what they want, you know, because we don't know what the Jets are going to do. I mean, like I said, they're they're a, he, they got the right coach but the bad roster, and it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take a little while to get their act together. And to me, Justin Fields. If if they pass on him, that might be a problem. That might be a problem because even though Sam Darnold has what I think has what it takes, you're not a big fan of him. You have never been a big fan of him. But obviously, we don't know. We really don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna have what it takes. If the, if the, if you know if this if they're gonna turn this around or not. Because like I said, there's gonna be plenty of quarterbacks to look at in the offseason if you don't want Sam Darnold anymore. Like Matt Stafford, maybe Matt Ryan, you know. So we'll see what happens, you know. And we've even heard the rumors about Deshaun Watson going to New York. So something tells me that they'll figure the quarterback situation out, and and then obviously Salah will work on the defense, and that will obviously help the Jets move forward. I expect them to to move forward and get better, but like I said, it's still a project right now, and you know we'll see what this guy can do. Here in the short term, at least. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to um, uh, we're gonna go to the Chargers next. Ah, I forgot his name. What what's the guy's name? Brandon something. Uh, Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, another guy that passed over the Eagles, like Salon, like Arthur Smith, got called from uh from Jeffrey Lurie, and but they said thanks, but no thanks, but obviously. Brandon Staley takes over from Anthony Lynn, obviously. The Chargers, like I said, they had a great year last year, and they have a quarterback of the future in, in Justin Herbert. He's lived up to all expectations. He's signed all the all the dots of a franchise quarterback in his first year. But like I said, the Chargers, like I said, what do you think of this hire? Do you think that that will put the Chargers back where they need to be in the future? Um. It could. It could. Um, he, he's not a. He's, he's he's a smart guy from everything I've heard. Um, he could be a good head coach. We'll see. Obviously, he did a really good job as defensive coordinator last year for the for the Rams. So, you know, he's got something. But I don't know, man. It's hard to say for sure. Now, the good thing for him. And for the Chargers, is they already do have a quarterback that is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. So, um, you know, he's got he's a guy that's shown a lot of potential, and with 
the right coaching staff. If he takes his game to the next level, then um, he could he could help lead this team to the playoffs pretty quickly, especially if um, if um, Brandon Staley and the, and the um, front office can turn around that Chargers defense quickly. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The Chargers are a team that over the last few years under Anthony Lynn, they they lost a lot of close games and. And they they typically have been finishing with like six seven wins, and a lot of those seasons they could have ended up with nine ten wins if if things went their way at the end of certain of games. So um, we'll see. It's it's going to come down to if he can um, take that defense to the next level. They do have talent on that D, and it's going to come down to um, whether or not he brings in the right offensive staff, and if he can. On top of that, add some more discipline to the team. They might be able to turn around that those close games and actually win a bunch of them and get back in the playoffs. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the Chargers, like you said before, you think that this is the best place for a, for a head coach to go because you already have a quarterback that's, you know, young, proven himself. Like I said, he had a great year, Justin Herbert, was the best quarterback of of all the newcomers. He was obviously better than what we had here in Philly, and obviously he did a, he he did an excellent job. But the problem is the defense was horrible last year. The, the Chargers were basically the Philadelphia Phillies of the NFL. Lots of talent offensively, scored a lot of points, but gave up a lot of points because their defense was horrible. They choked away a lot of leads, a lot of big leads. I mean. But like I said, if you're if you're going to win in this league, you gotta you gotta win the hard games and you gotta win the close ones too. I mean, we all wish we can blow out teams forty to nothing every week, but that's not how this league works. And the Chargers know better. Like I said, they you know they think that they blame Philip Rivers and situation and a bad off- offensive line, but that wasn't that that but that's not an excuse for what happened last season. This past season was. Was this the defense was horrible when it mattered the most when you needed a stop and like I said we'll see what happens I mean like I said I think it's something to learn obviously they're in a division where it's still run by by Reed and obviously the Raiders with with John Gruden whatever that worth they like to choke away themselves but I think that what's going on here is that the Chargers they have what it takes. They have the core back, so we'll see what happens. I think that they have to fix the defense. They have the offense together, so we'll see what happens. But I think I give the Chargers a, a, a passing grade with their hire. I mean, seems like a seems like you really don't need. You just need a guy that's going to motivate everybody and and, be, and and take accountability when things don't go right. Go go right. So I'll go. I'll go with the passing one. Now the now the most controversial and craziest one. Well, I don't think it was controversial, but what he said was nuts because he obviously thinks he he's he he's gonna just dominate everybody that he goes to, but he forgot where he's at. The Detroit Lions, again, another organization that doesn't get it every, and they change court and they change head coaches almost every three years. But obviously, here's a guy who's been in this league as a player. And he's been an actual interim head coach in the past, and obviously he has built himself a pedigree to get a, a, that warranted a head coaching opportunity, and he got one. But obviously, 
We'll see what happens here. Dan Campbell with his crazy introduction that makes Barry Switzer sound like a saint. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that of him in just in general. I mean, uh, I mean, he's a tight ends coach for the Saints. Um, he did serve as the interim head coach for the Dolphins years ago, but um, yeah, I mean, it, this is a, just a typical Lions move, man. I mean, the team's going nowhere. He's probably going to be out of a job in a couple of years. Let's face it. Looks like they're getting rid of Stafford. Um, um, Kenny Galladay is a free agent this year. Who knows if he'll be back. And from there, they really don't have much other talent on that team in general. You know, their defense is horrible. And offensively, they got nothing else. You know, um, what's his name? The running back is pretty good, but again, it's a running back. So, yeah, DeAndre yeah. Swift. Yeah, that's yeah, Swift, yeah. He's a Philly guy. He's from Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He's, he's a talented guy, but this team's a mess, and really any coach that would have gone there is going to have a tough time, you know. In this day and age with the NFL, you only get a couple of years as the head coach to turn a team around unless, they're, unless you're doing a tank job. So, you know, two years – this team's still going to be pretty bad. Yeah, like I said, when I looked at that, uh, the you know, like I said, you only have to look at like two minutes of his induction saying we'll break your legs and we're going to smile when we get it back up and all this other bullshit. Because it was bullshit. I'm sorry. Because, number one, what are you going to do when you face Aaron Rodgers for the first time? You're going to try to take his legs out when he throws a touchdown? When he beats your defense? When he beats your read? And everything else, you're going to send set. You're going to send four, and he still beats you in the blitz. I mean, seriously, I don't understand why why he 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 had to say those things. Just just say, my goal is to improve the team. We're going to be a good team. We're going to fight. We're going to fight hard. But you don't have to go. But he didn't have to go crazy and say all that other crazy shit because he thinks because because no no coach since Wayne Fox has had any success here in theory. And he's going to be the guy that's going to turn the Lions into contenders. I mean, the Lions have been a have been a competitive team in the last several years, but they're not. They still they still lack in several situations. And now you don't have a quarterback right now because Matt Stafford two days later said, "I'm I'm I'm out." You know, I'm leaving, and he is leaving. And obviously, he's going to get traded or released, so you don't have a quarterback. And you're not probably not going to get Justin Fields. Now, then there's a couple other quarterbacks that are off there, and we'll obviously get into that one if we get towards it. But like I said, it's getting to the point now where it's like, wh- why would you have to be like, why you have to say stuff like that? Because you think you're just going to be that team. The last team that hurt people was the Saints before Bounty Gate. How did that work out for them? I mean, you just got to go out there. And and just prove prove improve the team and and just deal with it, you know. And I'm just I'm tired of these guys that come in here with all overconfident. You can't be overconfident in this league. Just come in here, do your job, and we'll see what happens. But like I said, it is the Detroit Lions. They never get things right. Their management's always been terrible. 
and their talent has always been uh, a day late and a dollar short. So, like I said, you know, whatever. I don't know what the Lions are going to be like. And like I said, we would, we would obviously talk about Houston, but they still don't have a head coach as of today. I don't understand what's going on there. And they're the team that's been without a head coach the longest of all teams. They got rid of Bill O'Brien like six months ago. And here they are still searching and discussing and having interviews. I don't even know who the general manager is. Is he doing his job? I mean, Deshaun Watson, no wonder why Deshaun Watson wants to, wants the hell out of there. You know? And even J.J. Watt wants out, too. He, he, he's hurt. he said some stuff about getting out, getting out of Houston. So, like I said, you're losing your franchise guy, your Reggie White on defense. I mean, Houston's another team that's going in the wrong direction and, and has no idea where the hell they're going. So, really, I mean, it's it's a mess right now with, with, with Houston, and, and you can agree with me. So, like I said, I don't well, know I what think, the, I think when you look at Houston, man, um, they obviously haven't hired a coach yet, which to me, that, that means one thing. They're looking to hire somebody that's still coaching because they can't hire. They can't officially hire that guy until – their team's eliminated. So, obviously, you look at the potential candidates. Really, there's only two, and they have requested second interviews with both of them. That's Eric Bieniemy and Todd Bowles. On top of that, um, Eric Bieniemy was one of the two guys that um, Deshaun Watson had had recommended to them. The other one was Robert Sala, and he was mad that they didn't even interview him. So. Um, they're obviously going to try to make things better with with Watson. The enemy's the big-name guy still on the market. Um, I think I mentioned the other day that I read that there was a report that he's already um, trying to assemble his own staff just in case he gets the job, which tells me he's pretty confident that he's going to get the job. Like I said, they can't hire him until after the Super Bowl, so... I think uh, I think that's all signs right now are pointing to Eric Bieniemy as being their guy. Yeah, I mean I understand that you know, and, and it would be finally for him an opportunity. You know, it's because he's been obviously been waiting for the longest time to be to be to to be a head coach, and obviously we'll see what happens if 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 you're if you're right about that. But I've heard Ledry Frazier's name, you know, I've heard a couple other guys, so. Like I said, I mean, are they going to be patient and wait another two weeks? Or obviously are they going to just just panic and just hire the wrong guy that may not work? So, like I said, we'll see what happens with Houston because they, they're a mess right now and I don't know what's going to happen with them because they're, they're a team that's going to lose their two franchise guys and then they're going to have to rebuild the team. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. But obviously, like I said, them and obviously the other teams that are not named Kansas City and Tampa Bay will look back on Sunday in our year in review. Our year in review coming up on Sunday show. There's no game, but we're going to do our year in review. So, like I said, we're going to look back on all the teams, their strengths, their weaknesses, obviously their weaknesses, and obviously we'll see what happens from that. You know, did your team do better? Is your team closer? Will they be close? Will they get close? Or are they just 
even further away than you would think. So, I mean, obviously we will look back on all your teams. This is pro Sunday is also the Pro Bowl. There will be no game, luckily. It'll be just a look back and, and congratulations to the best players in football as a celebration down in Florida. So that's nice. But, like I said, big deals, big situations. Join us Sunday for Year in Review. Year in Review this Sunday on the NFL and your teams. That's all I have for this episode. See y'all Sunday, folks. Yeah, man.